Winter is coming! Will the restaurant survive? Not heard, not supported, and let down. The Brewers Association shits the bed. Heineken, it's time to suit up! You're getting sued. This is It's All Beer. Welcome to It's All Beer. If current events make you want to drink more, then this is the podcast that'll tell you all the good beer that'll make the pain go away. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. Hi, Tyler. Welcome back. We took a week off. Well, I had to take a week off, and if I'm not doing it, then you're not. So, <laughs> Well, co- first of all, congratulations on uh, having your child at home. So... That was uh, that was why we had to take a week off. Uh, me and uh, me and the wife were uh, uh, at the hospital, uh, getting getting ready to take the little shit home, uh, and he is now uh, uh, at home, uh, working very hard to drive both his mommy and me insane. So, the joys of the, the joys of parenthood are are imminent, and that's why I have a dog. He just sits here. <laughs> Yeah, I floated that as a possibility some years ago to say if we could just get a dog. That 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 was a hard no. So, although I'll give it a week, she may be open to negotiation by that point in time. Though I don't think the hospital takes them back. I don't know. I haven't checked the no. return policy. You don't really have one, and no one wants to trade a dog for a child. So, <laughs> don't say nobody. Um. <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> besides that, how are you doing, Tyler? What are we drinking oh, today? Doing excellent. I am actually just popping open uh, the mind fuck of a beer that I have found. Um, and so I had to make sure that I brought you a bottle so we could drink this on the podcast together. We are still uh, uh, doing we're still doing remote podcasts as having a newborn in the house during a pandemic only makes me slightly afraid. But uh, thank you for bringing this down. And- yeah, it's a beer called Cola from Douglas. Out of Switzerland, I want to say, if I remember correctly. I can't remember. But it is a sour ale brewed with coriander, nutmeg, cinnamon, lime, and vanilla. Oh, Jesus. 12%, no less. Oh, is it? That's what it's it does. Oh, Sweden. It's brewed in Sweden. Sweden. Yeah. Oh, sorry. But it... Imported by 12%. Ah. So, not not the alcohol. The tw- it's, uh, it's, it's the uh, uh, distributor. I mean, it smells like... It smells like RC Cola. It smells like RC Cola with a touch of sour milk. I don't... <laughs> but in a good way. I mean, not in like a rank way. It's like, there's a little bit of... I don't know if I get the sour milk, but... All right. Four and a half percent is what it is. Again, yeah. That tastes like an RC Cola and lime with... You know, a little bit heavy or, or t- tastes like a cola and lemon with a little bit heavy on the lemon. And like, I mean, I've had like alcoholic sodas before, but this is not. Up, I mean, they're those but, are like, yeah, those are legitimately like, okay, this tastes like soda. Yeah. <clears throat> but the, the fact that someone made a sour be able to taste like a soda without being a soda. That's. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, there it's definitely a beer. It's not, it's, it's not even like the beer brewed to be a soda, like not your father's root beer, which is still brewed like a beer. Um, yeah, and twelve and and ten percent alcohol in uh, on in Chicago. Four and a half percent um, alcohol. No, not this. The not your father's. Um, oh, when I had it, when I first had it in Chicago, uh, it was on draft at ten percent. 
And I yeah. was traveling with a person who didn't drink, mostly because he didn't like the taste of it. He did enjoy the taste of this, and he proceeded to get drunker than any man I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, he was like, he was like 22, 95 pounds soaking wet. <laughs> oh, this wasn't the guy I was thinking of. Then, no, this huh? was you'd never met him. I was this was when I was living oh. in Nebraska. But uh, yeah, he really didn't drink, but he liked this. And holy shit! It turns out when you have like three ten percent beers and you don't drink, it's gonna fuck you're you drunk. Up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he woke up the next morning going, Jeremy, is this how you feel every day? And you're like, yes, it gets easier with time. I'm like, well, no, I've kind of conditioned myself to it. So only when I'm go- only I get as drunk as you do, do I feel that bad. But <laughs> <laughs> my my baseline is just, you know, vaguely miserable. Anyway, yes. <laughs> speaking of vaguely miserable, Tyler, what's the news today? Uh, so to kind of start off, um, I guess. The elephant in the room is, what are all these small bars, restaurants, and tap rooms going to do when snow hits the ground and weather gets shitty? I mean, the the, the, the selling point for a lot of uh, breweries, restaurants, tap rooms, what have you, in the time of the COVID is outdoor seating because that does help limit transmission. But yeah, we are coming upon the time when lesser souls, I might add, because I'm kind of I, i'm kind of looking forward to putting on my ski jacket snow pants and sitting out on a patio in negative 10 degree weather i don't give a shit but apparently people don't like to do that yeah so i saw this article from the chicago tribune by josh Knoll uh, about ballast point closing down their chicago brew pub and it just i was like we have to talk about this because i know uh in my line of work and I've sat there and talked to restaurants and been like, especially here in Boise, where there's a lot of fair weather patio people. Like, on a normal year, as soon as, like, the weather drops below, like, 80, people are like, oh, can't sit on a patio anymore. See, that's prime patio Uh, weather is 80. Yeah. What are you stupid? And they're they're (laughs) like, it's too cold out. The wind picked up to two miles an hour. Got a slight chill. Gotta go inside. So... I've been curious, and I'm curious to get your thoughts when we kind of dive into this, what everything's going to look like. So uh, to kind of dive into the article a little bit, uh, Ballast Point, who we've talked about going from $1 billion to sold to a brewery who no one knew about, uh, <laughs> is closing their Chicago Brew Pub this month due to an, unexpect- to an expected downturn in winter business. Uh, due to the COVID-19 pandemic. It plans to reopen next year when the weather is favorable and it's safe to dine indoors. The brewery released in a statement. Um, Which they're kind of taking, and the article touches in on this, the resort logic. So a lot of like big ski resorts will close for the time of year, kind of their downtimes when they're not expecting a lot of people so usually like a lot of the ski resorts around here close for spring and fall to prep for their winter or summer season and so they're basically taking that approach and they're planning on closing their fulton market pub as of october 24th but they are i mean but just but with the intention of reopening uh uh later 
Yes, reopening in the spring, hopefully. Uh, they have every plan to, according to the article, uh, but all their employees will be laid off as of October 24th. Yay, and capitalism works again. Yep, uh, them stating that for them, they will continue to pay rent during the closure, but by just paying rent and being closed, it'll cost the company less money than paying rent, being open, and having to pay all their operating expenses. Fair enough. I mean, that does make quite a bit of sense. And especially in Chicago, I mean, it's one thing, Boise, we have pretty light winters. You throw out a couple outdoor patio heaters, like so, uh, some tent walls, and you should be fine. If you can, if Chicago, you can, get, them, if you can get the tent, yeah. those heaters right now, apparently... You know, no surprise to anybody, they're scarce because everyone went and bought one. If you own a restaurant, you went and bought like five of them to try to and desperately cling to a little bit uh, of your uh, to your to your patio since that's all you got. Yeah, but Chicago, I feel that is way too cold to do that. I don't know, Jeremy. You lived in the Midwest. Good call or bad call by Bow's point? Probably. I mean, probably good call because I mean, not 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 only does it get cold in chicago it gets cold and rainy and snowy and just unpleasant um and plus i mean even look like i said um I'll, i i will sit outside in my ski in my ski jacket i don't give a shit but I'm, other people are not going to do that and you're probably not you're probably not going to see um enough people come out for that to justify your operating costs i mean a best you maybe break even yeah so it doesn't so. make so yeah you're you it's probably not a bad idea just to shut it down and and hope for the best uh, uh next year although i mean i will say um this is not chicago this was minneapolis um when i was traveling there in the dead of winter and there it gets fuck cold i mean not just cold but fuck cold <laughs> It'll get down to spit goes clink cold sometimes. <laughs> um, they, outside of a brewery in, I want to say the St. Paul side, um, they had, you know, next to the brewery, they had carved a ice bar. As in, you know, giant, big blocks of ice carved into this, like, you know, old-fashioned uh, looking, you know, very ornate bar. You know, bar stools made out of ice, bar top made out of ice, everything made out of ice, um, obviously outside. And you could go out there and have drinks. Nice. Which, you know, was fun. Although, again, fuck cold. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, nowadays, so at one of the breweries, they have like a, like that little, that little uh, cooling ice bar, you know, that's on the like bar. Yeah, the ice rail. Yeah, the ice rail. Uh, didn't need that. Didn't need that there. It was. Oh yeah, in. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My beer was frosty. Yeah. Um, so I. But yeah, that that uh, anecdote notwithstanding, it that, that that makes a bit of sense, and it wouldn't surprise me to see a lot of, especially uh, 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 breweries that are or tap rooms that are larger, high traffic but expecting a big slowdown come the next few months to adopt that idea. Mm -hmm. I guess the kind of questions I have coming in is, and thoughts I have on this 
I guess more specifically kind of regionally, locally here on this one is, first of all, it's a great idea in theory if you have the bankroll to do it. If you don't have the bankroll to do that, then if you shut down, I could see you not making it through it. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, you look at your your cash reserves and see if you can even make it till next spring, which I assume they've done. I mean, yes. Otherwise, you know, failing that, you have one of two choices. Either you um, you go in and hope for the best, hope for enough people to come in to keep you afloat through the winter or you just throw in the towel and, you know, thank so long and thanks for all the fish. Yeah. Um, Second is I know several like restaurants around downtown and that have been doing pretty decent because of their patio. And so I know I saw like water bear bar downtown Boise recently just shut down their patio and they're basically now back to, to go only. And I, I would say in my head, I'm like, how are you going to sustain yourself? So, and by keeping your patio open, are enough people going to be willing to brave kind of the elements with a patio to stay in business? Well, here I'm. I'm I, uh, you may look at you know if you're not familiar with uh, uh, with Boise, you may look at its position on the map and uh, generally assume it falls in the fuck cold category, but that's really <laughs> not the case. I mean, winters here are kind of mild. They it drops it, it drops below zero very occasionally. Yeah, and most of the time it's in twenty to thirty range here. Right, and it's it tends you know highs usually above freezing. It will snow, but usually it's it's a, a, a dusting and it melts by noon the next day. Um, twenty fifteen, I believe it was, notwithstanding. Yeah, snowmageddon, notwithstanding. We had a we we had one year that was quite snowy, but and you know what? Come <laughs> to think of it, I feel like twenty twenty should do that. That should be another snowbegin year. It would just feel appropriate to have to dig my car out of a snowbank uh, during the end times. No, what will feel appropriate is if it's a fucking beautiful winter this year that's just like super mild, the most mild, and nothing's open for it. <laughs> There's or or that. But, I don't know, I guess, kind of, what are you, I think most people, and my recommendation would be, try to weather the storm swinging, don't resort it, uh, because if too many places resort it, there's not going to be enough options, and then the people, the places that are open are going to be overrun. So, I, I mean, I guess, if I was one of the places that was planning on staying open, I would... 100% 100% be like, yeah, everyone else, mail it in, resort it. <laughs> well, but, and I, I doubt that, well, <clears throat> who knows? I, I don't know what uh, uh, the end times are like in Chicago here. I know, um, I don't know if you're aware of this. Uh, the pandemic's over. We found it inconvenient, so we don't give a shit anymore. Um, they're, the, the people are out licking each other's eyeballs. That's what we do now. <laughs> Because but only I... pussies get the COVID. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. That is also like the most American thing I've heard throughout this whole time is <laughs> we're bored of this. We're done. 
there is it it, it well and by the way uh, uh my countrymen aren't terribly good at following rules at the best of times it's one of the things i admire about my fellow americans actually that you tell them to do something and we're like no we don't want to we're gonna i mean let's be honest (laughs) that's how we were founded they're like you need to pay taxes and we're like nah pretty much i do admire that streak uh uh in 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 our culture i just wish we'd read the room every once in a while and realize there's a time and a place for everything and now's not the time for that shit yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, what are your kind of opinions on this whole thing? You, you down for it? You not down for it? I mean, it's. I think it's something you look at your. I think you look at your. Uh, uh, you look at your books and decide. Now, I mean, if you don't, I mean, well, here in Boise, I'd say chance it and keep the patio open and go for it chicago where you're less likely to have a lot of people hanging out if you can if you look at your books if you can stay open just paying rent that's obviously the safer safer option because you know for a fact that you'll be here come spring now what happens after that nobody fucking knows but yeah but uh, you know that being said, it's I think it's you know risk risk benefit analysis. You're right. I mean it's riskier to stay open and try to get people to come in, but higher potential reward if you're right. Uh, there you know over there people are wanting to go out and you know sit outside regardless of what what regardless of the latest nor'easter coming in. Then you know they you will then you will be the the go to spot. So risk reward, yeah. I guess. Um, a especially with Bal- I mean, the fact that it's Ballast Point is got to be a factor because let's not Ballast Point is still very much in the process of being pulled out of the mud that uh, uh, Constellation recklessly drove it into, and yes. now is not the time to re- rebuild a brand. So if if I'm running Kings and Convicts and I got the capital to do that it seems to be the safer option like let's we'll resurrect this brand later and i mean you're you're just shutting down the tap room it's not like you're shutting down any production for any of the off-prem or for your on-prem accounts that you're selling beer to and without looking at you know what they've been doing over the summer i know it's i vaguely know the area of chicago that um that they're describing i think um, it's the same the same neighborhood where uh, Goose Island has their tap room. Come to think of it, I do want to say Goose Island had has or at least had one on that Fulton Street area. Fulton Street, if I remember correctly, is um, is near the uh, is near one of the baseball stadiums. So yeah, uh, yeah, Goose Island definitely has a presence there. So I mean. That may be a factor. You look across the street, and you got them. You, you got AB InBev still doing it. You're like, ah, we can wait till spring. Yeah. So, well, I guess kind of the big thing is, especially getting into this colder weather. Think about your local guys first before you go out to eat. McDonald's will be there no matter what time of year. Let's all try to make sure we keep a handout and try to lend any help we can to any restaurants, bars during this upcoming shitty time. 
And also keep in mind that if you eat local, you're less likely to walk away with McDonald's diarrhea. You can have local diarrhea, which is better. Better. <laughs> it's locally sourced, more free-range diarrhea. <laughs> you could just squirt everywhere. <laughs> wow! I'm sure every local restaurant was just like, nope, don't want that endorsement. All right, on that uh, lovely image. Uh, Brewers Association proves it's exactly as worthless as everyone kind of assumed it was news now. Uh, we've talked about the Brewers Association, a trade group uh, whose goal it is to promote and lobby for craft beer uh, breweries, distributors, and just people that love them some tasty brews. Uh, they actually put on GABF, which is canceled in person this year, but I believe going on uh, uh, virtually as we speak, or I think uh, right around now, um, it, occur it occurred to me as we were sitting down, I think uh, uh, either uh, at some point in time the day they're uh, doing the awards, and if we were better at our jobs, um, we would probably be covering that, but fuck it. Uh, I am pulling up because as of 5 p.m. Mountain, they were going to start announcing them, so... Okay, so we're so they're probably well. These award things go on forever, so you know, there you go. We're about we're we're about two and a half hours into the uh, to the awards, but we're not going to cover that. We'll get into those uh, uh, maybe later, but I doubt we're uh, going to see anything all that surprising. Um, I'm I'm looking to see if there's any winners from Idaho. Sounds good. Um, but anyway, so they're they're putting that on. Um, and they also do uh, several other events have mostly gone away with the old co uh, the Corona thing. Um, and they're also the ones that created the independent craft seal, uh, the efficacy of which uh, me and Tyler have debated at length on this podcast. Yep. Especially when it came around the dogfish head Sam Adams sale. <clears throat> but you can go back and listen to that debate later. Um, but... Um, the BA is now in kind of a midst of a minor revolt surrounding the promotion and advocacy of diversity and inclusion in the craft beer industry. Uh, this article comes from Vine Pair, and it's by Beth Demon, and it's entitled Not Heard, Not Supported, and Let Down, How the Brewers Association Lost Its Way. Earlier this year, or last year, um, the Brewers Association um, uh, uh, put out uh, a grant uh, for events that promote um, the ideals of basically uh, uh, events that uh, will improve inclusion and diversity in the industry, which is becoming a bigger and bigger issue. In fact, I just saw a article in um, uh, the uh, color in a Colorado newspaper um, talking a lot about the Brewers Association and their, uh, and their efforts or lack thereof to uh, improve diversity within the industry um, just so you so they can uh, uh, look out at uh, brewery owners and brewers and not see just a bunch of beardy white dudes. Um, <clears throat> but uh, uh, breweries and other groups uh, went out and uh, applied for this grant in, uh, last year, and in January they were awarded it. Uh, they got uh, in 2020 they were full of hopes and dreams, and they went out and made plans to do events. And then you know those events didn't happen <laughs> for that's the understatement of the year <laughs> we were so full of hope in january do you remember those days yep we were still doing the we we're still arguing about the brewery deadpool which turned out was the least of our problems 
Turns out we probably could have an actual Deadpool. Um, anyway, <clears throat> the uh, kind of events that won, the ones that kind of I'm talking about, just so you kind of get an idea of what what was uh, what they were giving money to. Uh, one of the grant recipients was a series of events called Beers Giving. Uh, their event was kind of like a giant kids museum uh, with hand-on experiments, but for beer. Um, they were put together uh, um, most with an emphasis mostly around military families, um, so uh, uh, so children could get an education about the the science uh, behind mommy and daddy's favorite drink that makes uh, them tolerable. <clears throat> <laughs> You speaking I, from experience there, Jeremy? <laughs> it's been a long week. <laughs> um, Crowns and Hops Brewing out of L.A. was putting on a festival called uh, Dope Toberfest, um, a beer festival that featured panel discussions featuring brewers and home brewers of color. And the Chicago Brewseum was having a beer culture summit that is actually, actually still going on in, in a more virtual setting. But at issue was all of these groups and many more were promised a grant from the BA, um, none of which have received any money at all, um, which, given the circumstances, not terribly surprising. No. Uh, and I think and the most people interviewed in the article were kind of understanding that, yeah, we are living through some shit. Um, but their complaints come not because they weren't getting the money as, as much. It's that the BA is just, they've been acting like the friend who, you know, owes you the, for the last time you bought beer and then suddenly goes away for like a month. That the guy. mooch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they just, they've just disappeared. Um, or always shows up to the party late and he's like, Hey, I forgot to bring some beer. Can I get some beer? And you're like, no, you're speaking from experience now. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, Tio Hunter of Crowns and Hops uh, talked about his experience. Um, once the pandemic hit, it became clear he wasn't able to do his uh, uh, Dope Toberfest. Um, what he wanted to do was distribute the funds he was going to get to other struggling breweries, especially those owned by people of color. And then he said. And he, he said, like, what, you know, trying to figure out what the issue was, uh, quote, quite honestly, we had to chase them down. They tried multiple times, only hear that the grant would possibly be on hold until 2021. And that's about it. Oh, um, man. Um, and that's kind of in the story across the board. Uh, the breweries and, um, or and event organizers uh, have been reaching out. Um, and again, they're not really doing so to demand money they just kind of want to know you know what's going on what's happening you know can are, do we still get the grant at all are we getting the grant next year can we start maybe planning these events next year in you know the desperate hope that this is you know not quite the shit show it is then because you know, instead of planning that event yeah. banking on having those funds and not getting them you right. kind of need to know they just What's going on is like the the Bruce session. Please, someone tell us what the fuck you're doing. Um, and actually, that si that deafening silence is starting to be filled with more discontent uh, among uh, among breweries. So I did not know this. You you may, but the the BA is set up so that membership 
fees are based on barrels produced. Yes. Which sort of makes sense, because if you are... Smaller, you can't afford to pay as much. Right. I mean, it sort of makes sense that Sam Adams would pay more than, you know, the, you know, a tiny neighborhood brewery in Twiddler Ball Stacks, West Virginia. They serve great beer there. But, um... Twitter Ball Stacks is a is an actual town. It is not an actual town. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, but um, it all it, it does have some members of BA questioning whether their voice is being heard if they're only paying a fraction of someone the size of New Belgium, who is I don't th- who I don't think actually is a member anymore. But um, no. Sam Adams or Yingling or any or Stone or any of the other great big breweries, relatively speaking, um, mm-hmm. that are putting in the majority of the money. You know whether you know, whether the voices and needs of the of smaller breweries, which are more numerous, are actually being heard out there. And especially right now, the like oh shit factor of a Odell or someone like that. For this pandemic compared to someone who does 600 barrels a year is a lot different and they have a lot different concerns right now. Well, I mean, if you're doing 600 barrels a year, nine, nine times out of 10, you are almost completely um, uh, dependent on taproom sales, which have been a little bit light this year. Yeah. (laughs) Compared to someone like Odell who, yeah, it's nice, but. I mean, they make it, good beer, but they also have a shelf on every grocery store in this valley, mm-hmm. probably all over the West Coast. So, yes. You know, you have that outlet, which, as I understand, um, grocery stores are still killing it as far as craft beer goes. I I believe that's right, Tyler. Yep. I mean, not as big as they were, but they're still moving through beer at a pretty good clip so i mean if you have that outlet then you still have income etc 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 which i mean if we've as we've talked about ad nauseum going into this um yeah if you're dependent on draft sales you're you know sol jwf shit out of luck and jolly well fucked Mm -hmm. um people have also been pointing out that although no money is going out in form of grants their ceo bob peace um, is still getting uh, his uh, uh, three hundred thousand uh, dollar salary, according to no lesser source than Twitter. Um, he's Ooh. still collecting that. While uh, you know, we, we've also talked about this before, the BA is purging employees left and right. Yep. Um, we talked about uh, at what... least take a pay cut. <laughs> I mean, drop down to a hundred G's a year, man. <laughs> Yeah, again, yeah, collecting... Listen, I understand uh, uh, yeah, capitalism all that, but when you're pulling... You're, you're, when you're bringing in six figures um, for an organization that's supposed to be uh, promoting craft beer and this is happening, it the optics are bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to say that. The optics are bad. <laughs> and then you start laying off some of your employees and yeah... So, but so far, um, it's not resulted in quite the mass defection that you might think, although we're just, I mean, this is, this is still developing. I think there's, I think there are more and more, um, um, especially smaller breweries that are, uh, that are, you know, if they're looking down their books, they're also questioning how much they're actually getting from this, um, 
from this organization. You know, listen, the independent craft seal is free. You can use it without being a member. Yes, the Brewers Association does provide other stuff than that, though. <laughs> well, that's kind of the point. Is like, I mean, a lot of people are asking, but what exactly? I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. They do some lobbying efforts, um, what, you know, what, uh, for uh, for changing the laws um, in and around uh, um, craft beer. But I mean, when you're hemorrhaging employees and um, and not following up on not following up on this, I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and guess if they're not following up on on the the grants, they're not following up on, on a lot of other things. That's speculation, yes. but I think a reasonable guess. Um, but um, aside from a, a, a defection, what it's resulted so far is a push for more greater representation within the organization. Uh, the owner of Island to Island, who also was supposed to receive a grant, um, uh, uh, they, the, that owner pointed out that they are staying in because you can't you – know, basically her quote was, uh, you can't gain an inch if you lose your access to the mile. Um, yeah, and one of the things in the works is uh, uh, Rachel Engel, uh, head brewer at Bosk Bre- at Bosk Brew Works in uh, Woodenville, Washington, is actually running for the BA's board of directors. Um, Engel, who's transgendered, said that uh, that that was part of why she was running, saying, "I've been talking a big game about inclusion, but I figured it's time to actually I actually did something about it." Uh, she has been tempted. Uh, she's been tempted to cancel the, her BA membership herself, but instead says it's time to start trying to change things from the inside. So well, I think we're going to it'll be interesting to see, uh, I mean, that internal conflict and see what the BA becomes on the other side of this. Um, yeah. As I've said many times before, I mean, you know, what we're seeing in a lot of, you know, a lot of in a lot of organizations across the board and all aspects of our society are not new issues. These are issues that have been there festering and now are becoming are that are uh, are getting to the point where they're, you know, the 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 pandemic made everything worse. And now all these problems that have been hanging out are suddenly major disasters and people are stepping yeah. up to try to fix them. No, and kind of to touch back on the point that you brought up when you're like, I, I, the, there hasn't been a huge defection from the VA. There's a reason because where are you going to defect to? Well, true. I mean, there is no, you're right. There is no other advocacy group, but I mean, I think the defection may not be the right word. Um, you know, dropping out of the organization. It's probably, yeah. I mean, just, I mean, just literally throwing up your hands going, listen, it ain't worth the X amount of money I'm paying for this, you know, F them in the A I'm done. I could see that kind of happening in the short term with a lot of the smaller ones, but a lot of those bigger breweries kind of in the top 50 are going to keep that membership. So that way, when everything does pass over, they still have that lobbying group to help get certain laws put in place or help repeal some certain laws that are going to benefit them. But I think as a couple of them, the interviewers are uh, um, are pointing out that exacerbates the problem that they're having with it is that, I mean, literally if everybody, if everybody leaves a BA except for their, you know, top five 
uh, members, then they become an organization, you know, they be, they, they cements their position as the organization that's only fighting for the, for the, for the biggest uh, members and not the smaller ones. True. But which does leave like, the door open for, I mean, you said, who are they going to defect to? I mean, listen, if it, it yeah, if, if the Bruce association just completely, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, leaves people hanging out to dry, that does leave uh, open the possibility of a different trade group, one that is more responsive to smaller breweries, coming in and trying to uh, to uh, and trying to uh, pick up the pieces that were left behind. True, but on the flip side, I I think the Brewers Association has a long way to go to help its members. Playing a little devil's advocate here, lobbyists are fucking expensive. A lobbying group ran by all small breweries. Ain't going to work because every state has little different laws and not every to get that amount of money. You need more money. You need the big guys. Again, I'm, I'm, that's a fair point, but I mean, and the Brewers Association did help get the tax relief law on the bill to lower the federal barrel tax on beer in half that helped not only the big guys, but all the way down to the little guys. Yeah, fair. And, but that, I feel like that happens regardless. Um, you know, you're fighting for, if you're fighting just for the interests of the bigger ones, then, you know, you're going to, I think the, I think the largest breweries, you know, have a vested interest in, in, uh, for now, uh, making, a making an environment that is, um, uh, that is, um, friendly to craft beer and small businesses there, uh, that, that operate in that industry. Um, <laughs> And the board of director is made up of all members, basically. So like what the one lady in there said, if you've got a problem with it, get in and try to change it from the inside. Oh, yeah, clear. I mean, if you can do that. But, I mean, if that proves impossible, which it, you know, I, the good news is that you've got to remember the Brewers Association ain't that old. I don't know when they first started, but... They're they're a craft beer uh, uh, advocacy and uh, a group, so they can't be more than maybe thirty years old. Yeah. Again, I don't know. I'd have to go back and actually look when they started. Well, they probably started with GABF or something, or evolved out of GABF. And GABF is again, I want to say maybe thirty years old. Uh, hold on. Let's see. When, when was? Please stand the... by while Tyler looks something up. Also, uh, no Idaho brewery uh, won a medal. Ah, uh, that's a shame. Well, two thousand five. Okay, so yeah, it's is the was the first GABF, or is when was was what was when the, the BA was founded? Was when the BA was founded. So yeah, it's. Not even not even twenty years old yet, so you know the 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 good news is I mean the reason I bring that up is because if a if an organization's been around for a while and I'm talking decades maybe even centuries trying to get some change into that is you you're gonna have a lot more resistance because um, for obvious reason you got people who are kind of invested in the way things are so they're not gonna want to change shit. Um, 
an industry, you know, a, an advocacy group that's not only that's not only that young, but also is involved in a industry that is sort of involved in shaking shit up. It wouldn't surprise me to have them be more responsive, but we'll see. Yeah, I think they have a ways to go, but I think right now they're trying to bob and weave wherever they can. But I do hundred percent think you can't just not respond to your member breweries. Listen, send out an email, guys. Just be like, hey, so about that grant, um, we're sort of boned in the ass. So um, how's twenty twenty one sound? Sound good? All right, twenty twenty one. We'll do events then, maybe. 2022. Yeah. Someday we'll do events again, and when that happens, we'll start sending out grants. And yeah. that might be or part of even it. just say 2022 right from the get go. Be like, we want to make sure if this lags on into 2021, uh, so everyone who was awarded it for 2020 will get it in 2022, and then we'll continue from there. All right, Tyler, what's next? So what's next is Jeremy. We got another contest we need to enter. Woo! All right. I still haven't... You know what? My my diploma is still hanging on my wall, and I'm upset about that, but I've not thought about it since for several months since that suddenly became not a thing I was worried about, but what's, uh, what's the newest contest? Well, we're going to try to cash in with Natty Light again. Uh, so... <laughs> Natty Light is offering a natural flight... It's a natified private jet on a flight to nowhere. So wait, when you say natified, does that mean that it's been fermented in piss and rusted out? And look, natified does not give me a lot of confidence in the airworthiness of this plane. I'm just saying. Well, I'll explain. So okay. they announced natified the competition. You, Tyler. <laughs> it's running through October 20th. So we need to get on this submission. Uh, Natty Light is giving one lucky fan and three friends the chance to fly in a private jet decked out with TVs, gaming systems, food, and Natty Light beer. Would it be would it be rude to bring craft beer if you win? <laughs> no. I don't think they fucking care. Uh, so the winner will board the flight at their local airport and land at the same airport three hours later, so they need no luggage, and they're not having to worry about going from a COVID hotspot to a non-hotspot and all those issues. Um, but they came out and said, whether it's concerts or life on campus, cancellations have become an un unfortunate new normal for our fans these past six months. So we're offering the chance of an ultimate change of scenery for our fans um, who deserve some excitement back in their lives. And yet they're still going to make them drink Natty Light. I mean, haven't they suffered enough? Haven't we all suffered enough? <laughs> but so if you are curious and want to enter to try to get a free private jet dick around for three hours on Anheuser-Busch's dime... <laughs> A uh, private jet dicker. <laughs> the article uh, that I found on Vine Pair says, uh, for a chance to win the Natty Light private jet experience, use hashtag natural flight and hashtag contest on social media posts along with 
what you would name your plane. Does it have to you do you have to include Natty Light in those posts? I'm assuming. Then Tyler, that's on you. Not even for a not even for a flight, to, you know, for 3 hours in what I'm sure is an amazing plane. Um will I uh, uh, crack a natty light. I have too much respect for myself and my liver. Uh, fair enough. Well, we'll see if we can figure something out. Uh, but staying on trend of cheap beer, you've heard Miller High Life be called the champagne of beers, correct? Correct. Although at some point in time, we I, we actually unearthed the real champagne of beer. Um, I forget what the exact circumstances were, but uh, there is actually something else that uh, that could claim that title, so I still say Miller uh, High Life can suck it. Uh, well, <clears throat> unless they want to give me a sponsorship deal, in which case um, <laughs> I I re, I, re, I will repeal my suck it. Uh, well, according to the article I just found on Forbes, uh, Miller uh, and Evil Genius Brewing Company out of Philadelphia partnered together to do a collaboration called the mimosa of beers oh god <laughs> yep so it's the actual beer is called brunch so hard <laughs> yes you heard that right brunch so hard i heard it uh Gonna move and then it. the tagline for the beer is the mimosa of beers a playoff the champagne of beers tagline so it's brewed with natural fruit pale malts high life's signature galena bittering hops and citra mosaic and azaka as well as hollertau blanc hops it's a 6.5 percent abv Uh according to the article it finishes very dry and reminds the brewery of Fruity Pebbles cereal. Oh God! Why does everything taste like Fruity Pebbles these days? You've noticed that, like a lot of the hazy IPAs are starting to taste like Fruity Pebbles. In fact, I got a, I, I got up myself, I got my hands on a hop not too long ago, the Zappa hop that has that flavor in it. Yeah, I'm not sure. Okay, it's it's. I, I don't know. I mean. It, I guess the same question could have been asked back when West Coast IPAs were super popular. Why a lot of the West Coast IPAs takes like chewing on a pine tree? Well, I mean, they all were varying degrees of citrusy and piney, yes. Yeah. So, but the article then does get in to mention uh, that a lot of craft brewery workers and hospitality workers will go with a Miller High Life as their go-to shift beer so it made natural sense for the two breweries to partner up do that hazy ipa and kind of do something fun wait 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 after a hard day of making craft beer you know what we like to do we like to crack open a high life high life the champagne of beer oh 100 (laughs) percent true no it's not yes it is oh god you're gonna have to lay some truth down on me it's gonna hurt my soul aren't you you're a high life fan aren't you Oh, I'll drink a high life after a long day doing like an event out in the sun. It's you'll if you go into some like off the beaten path dive bar and you see that's not too far from a local craft brewery, you'll see some 
brewers, some sellermen, sales guys, they'll walk in, order a Miller High Life. I'm learning a lot about an industry that I once thought I was a part of, but apparently I've been out of the loop. So apparently we that everybody, unbeknownst to me, um, last week I found out about the uh, salted nut roll. Now I'm finding out that that y'all are drinking High Life. Do I? I'm just not invited to your parties, am I? Am I? Is... Apparently not. It's. <laughs> I mean, when you're spending a day analyzing beers, it's nice to get away to something you don't have to think about, and it's I... refreshing and easy. I don't. Uh, no, I don't. Uh, um... That's the the idea of going for a domestic is not is not where I'm getting flummoxed. I mean, I've I think I've uh, stated more than once that my go to it's not really a domestic, but my go to uh, beer is uh, Modelo Especial. Yeah, as far so, as something you know to slam back an entire twelve pack on of and pass out on the lawn. Like I mean, do. I guess the reason Miller High Life kind of takes away is it's not Bud Light, it's not Coors Light, it's not one of the big guys. I mean, it is not one but of not, the big... It is, but, but it doesn't have the feel. It's not Coors, yeah. which, is strangely, so, which is strangely probably bigger than High Life is these days. I'm not sure. It's the same fucking company! Yeah, but they're different beer. Yes, but <laughs> it's... It has the feel. It's marketed a little like more hipsterish. It's marketed more like a craft beer. Oh, Pabst, have you fallen so far already? <laughs> <laughs> you were supposed to be the beer of all the hipsters. Ironically, uh, being drunk with a trucker hat and a tuxedo T-shirt. <laughs> but so. That kind of rounds that up. They have it on sale for four packs for ten ninety nine a piece. Uh, so if you're in the Philly area and want to brunch so hard, go check out Evil Genius Brewing. One last story today. Uh, more trademark lawsuit news now, <clears throat> because why not? It's about time. It, it's been you know a whole week since we uh, uh, did one, or two weeks since we did one of these, and only because we were off last week. Um, <clears throat> a brewery in Miami, Florida, is suing Heineken. Uh, saying that a cease and desist letter cost them a lucrative sponsorship deal and losing the rights to their brand to their most popular beer. Uh, this article. I'd be from, fucking pissed. Uh, this article comes from the Miami Herald and was written by Carlos Frias. Um, this story, like most beer stories about general assholishness and sociopathic disregard for other people, uh, starts with Anheuser-Busch. <clears throat> Specifically, uh, with a former sales and marketing director, Manuel Pornando, um, or Pornando, um, however you pronounce that. You worked for <laughs> ABN, Bev, so I don't feel bad about butchering your last name. Manuel. Sorry, Manuel. <laughs> Manuel had a dream to st to bring back Cuba's oldest beer, La Tropical. Um, his this idea uh, went back to 1993 when he first filed a trademark to the name. That may be that may be uh, uh, a, an important uh, an important uh, part of this story. After that, so ninety three. Uh, after that, he was working with Concrete Bench Brewing, which was actually owned by Sam Adams. And during his time there, he recreated the original recipe for La Tropical. Um, the final step 
uh, to re resurrecting this uh, this Cuban. I'm gonna guess favorite or at least known by Cubans. Um, in fall, they're planning on opening a very large tap room and brewery in nearby uh, Wynwood. Um, on the other side of the conflict is uh, Biscayne Bay Brewing and their flagship beer, the Tropical Bay IPA. Um, <clears throat> they started first heavily marketing this beer in 2019, and it quickly became their fastest selling beer to the tune of 1.7 million expected this year. Damn! So of just that brand? Just that beer. Yes. Nice. At least that's what they were alleging that they were going to make uh, in sales this year. Um, take that for what it's worth. Um, they're in the lawsuit, so it, it might be worth their uh, efforts to overestimate. But even Embellish a little, yeah. But even so, I mean, unless they're drastically over-embellishing... 1.7 million, that ain't bad for a small brewery. No. Um, and they actually signed a deal with Miami's new Major League Soccer team, uh, Inner Miami, in February. And this was about a week after trademarking the name. So okay. They trademarked uh, uh, Tropical Bay February, January this uh, last year. Or this year, excuse me. Uh, once they did, the, there came the cease and desist order. Uh, La Tropical's lawyer sent out a letter demanding that Friskin Bay change the name of the beer. Um, although they give did give them a, a, a certain amount of time to uh, to make that happen, um, they entered negotiations um, um, during that time. But in September, while Biscayne Bay and La Tropical were negotiate were in still negotiations, Inter Miami canceled the deal. Um, the sponsorship deal with Biscayne Bay, the the deal was basically the um, they were going to be the official craft beer of the of uh, that soccer team. So, yeah. Um, now the details of exactly what why they canceled are not being discussed actually as part of the cancelship contract, but Nick Sprague, um, a play one of the players for the team, wrote an email about the suit. Quote, Heineken and the league don't want you roasting them in public. That's the bottom line. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah. Um, Biscayne Bay is, is so uh, as of uh, as of this month, uh, they filed a lawsuit uh, uh, against um, Heineken, which, again, uh, Manuel is is working with to uh, start up this uh, start up this uh, uh, this La Tropical La Tropical. Um, it seems like I don't know. I, I know nothing about this beer, but going on the idea that it's a you know a uh, a, a domestic produced in Cuba, gonna guess it was shit. I don't know why. <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there are a bunch of Cubans in Florida, uh, just absolutely uh, ready to uh, 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 burn me in effigy. Uh, for dis for disparaging what may have been the the best beer of their lives, but I'm just gonna guess, kind of shit. I don't know why. I just assume most domestics are shit. That's why, probably. Uh, and you know, I guess I lump it in with Mexican imports, which may or may not be fair, but most of them kind of shit. Anyway. <laughs> And I'm gonna. I'm no longer safe to travel to Florida, which I'm kind of okay <laughs> with. 
Uh, Biscuit Bay is asking the question. You were never safe. In Florida? Yeah. I mean, just because it's Florida, not because of anything special I had done. No one's safe True. in Florida. Florida True. man is everywhere. And he is on meth and he is bored. <laughs> Biscuit Bay is asking the court for an unspecified damage to rule on his trade. And is asking for unspecified damage and to rule on his trademark, the Tropical Bay IPA, and to cancel all of La Tropical's trademarks. Um, now, uh, again, we need to have a, a lawyer um, uh, present for these because what may what what is obviously at question is if they filed a trademark but weren't selling back in uh, uh, nineteen ninety three, what weight does that hold? Yeah. So that would I would almost think I mean pending they kept up with renewing and filing the trademark that would be fine but i don't know i i don't it strikes me i don't know why i have it maybe it's a completely uh, maybe it's because i'm just a, a a sensible human being but it would strike me that it would it that it would go to the person actually using it but i guess that's, that's also not how it works. it's the person who had it first so i can... mean also i I don't see you're in fucking Florida tropical Bay and La Tropical to me don't seem to overlap and offer confusion. <sighs> That'd be like saying Tropicana is going to fucking confuse someone. Well, well, wait, they may, they, they may be next. Heineken might go after them. They have already have, I don't know. Different aisle of the supermarket, too, so it's probably fine. And also, they don't... Trademarks don't work across like that, so... Right. But, um... Anyway, there's a, another lawsuit to uh, keep a, keep an eye on, and we'll see, uh... You know, what if anything, you know, Biscuit Bay can get, get out of that. Um... I mean, I don't know. Your thoughts, Tyler. Do you, the, the... The... The sponsorship deal fell through. I mean... Well, their so their position is basically that is, is that Heineken is quite obvious. You know, they obviously pressured um, um, the soccer franchise, yeah, Inter, to... Inter Miami, to drop that. I mean, basically, they are you know they they put pressure on the soccer team to drop that, and they are, are doing other things basically to intimidate and and you know and where reduce competition in the market, right? Um, that's kind of their that's kind of their position is that is that Heineken is is um is using unfair business practices. Um what do you think? Is that holding water? Honestly, I do. I think without especially if Heineken has any sponsorship related to that soccer league, there's a good chance you could get that to hold up in court. Uh and you have that same defense we were granted a trademark on this beer so the federal government at least doesn't think it's infringing on your trademark let's it, go to the people does it work like that though i mean again i feel like we almost need to have an expert on this but i mean if you file a trademark um does someone actually check to make sure it doesn't it does will you get a letter back that 
a letter back saying, uh, actually, so-and-so already filed this, so you'll need to rebrand. I think you won't get approved if someone already has that specific word or phrase trademarked. That specific word or phrase. And it's up to a... a it, it's up to individual um, uh, owners or in, or organizations to interpret. Whoa, wait, wait, this is way too close. Yes, at least from my understanding. Um, again, you know, an open uh, a, a, an open invitation to anybody who actually knows the law. Uh, we got beer. Come on and school us in trademark and copyright law. It'll be a blast. <laughs> <laughs> Just be, just be me and Tyler hammered next day. Jesus, what happened to you guys? Uh, uh, we had a long like lesson on copyright and trademark infringement law. And be prepared for every time something like this comes up in the beer industry to get a text message from us saying, <laughs> "We got any ground to stand on?" Way, way to scare them away. Though there might be some going, oh, "I could probably help." Them. Oh shit, we're gonna get a lot of texts. <laughs> Every text you'll get a here. lot of beer. We do have beer. We 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 and we and we do share said beer. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Tyler, anything else today? Uh, if you haven't already watched Bill Burr's Sam Adams sketch from Saturday Night Live last weekend, watch it. It is the best description of pumpkin beers because pumpkin beers are terrible. Go watch it. You will die laughing because it makes fun of Boston and pumpkin beers. Uh, the the opinions of Tyler Zimmerman uh, don't necessarily reflect those of myself or it's all beer. And by the way, pumpkin beers are awesome. Go suck it, Tyler. <laughs> pumpkin beers are delicious and they are awesome right now. So you know what? Shove a pumpkin up your ass. <laughs> Just stick it right up in there. Pumpkin that beers for life, bitch. I'll drink a fucking pump beer in April. I don't give a shit. And I'm becoming more militant for pumpkin beers as time goes on. <laughs> well, Jeremy, specifically, you need to watch this video <laughs> and tell me if you don't get a nice chuckle out of it. I'll let you know. Anyway, this has been It's All Beer. As always, you can get a hold of us. Uh, you can get a, uh, our email is itsallbeer at gmail.com. Um, go ahead and tell Tyler why he's wrong about pumpkin beers, because uh, they are awesome. You can also get a hold of us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we post pictures of uh, uh, what we're drinking, which are occasionally pumpkin beers, at least for me. Uh, Tyler is a heretic and will not touch them, apparently. But um, uh, those pictures are up there, so you can see what we're drinking, see what we're doing, and you can see what stories we're reporting on on our Twitter account. It's all beer one, because apparently someone already had that. Uh, find, our, find that loyal so we can uh, uh, sue the guy who has uh, at it's all beer without the number behind it and we can claim our rightful twitter place in this world um <laughs> as always uh you can leave us a review on itunes or on facebook or some other things they may help they may not but I, it makes tyler feel better about himself and right now i think we we all need to, to feel a little bit better about ourselves so you know go go you can go tell us we're doing a good job or tell us we're doing a terrible job. I'm not sure. We're, either way, I don't think we're stopping this. <laughs> Fair enough. But anyway, I think that'll be all from us. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. I'm going to drink a beer. Me too. Have fun. Get well soon, Aaron. <laughs>